Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey everyone, J.J. Cooper, Josh Norris joining you on Facebook Live podcast today, Baseball America. Thank you for joining us. We want to thank you as always to, uh, to tuning in. And we thank you because our podcast and Facebook Lives are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Right now, if you go to Baseballism, you can get find gear like this. And if when you go to Baseballism.com, if you enter the offer code BASHIP, that's B-A-S-H-I-P, you'll get 20% off of your order. So, And they're also having a great sale today. So 42% off. off today. So... Uh, today, really, uh, don't use. We still enter it. I think you get on top, hopefully. But like uh, free shipping and forty-two percent off of what you've. Yeah, bought. you know. So, so check it out today at Baseballism. There's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, we are joining you today on Minor League Baseball Opening Day, and we're very excited about that. Uh, we are actually recording this, and then when we're done recording this, we are heading out because we're going to go to a game. Yeah, we're going to go to games. It He's going really... to uh, Zebulon for uh, Carolina Mudcats versus Winston Salem Dash, which. Yeah, it's going to have Dane Dunning versus uh, Marcos Diplon of the Mudcats. And on the field, there's actually players who are not pitchers. Uh, Blake Rutherford for Winston-Salem. Luis Basave for Winston-Salem. Keston Hura for... Uh, yeah, Keston Hura for Carolina. DHing, he's not throwing right, right. now. Right, and they had Mecker Adolfo not listed on the DL. On I, think the, he's, I think I saw him swinging this week, so I think he's so uh, he good to go. So he should be in there. Um, and then that series on, looks like on Saturday... I might be back there for Nathan Kirby versus Dylan Cease if I have everything counted correct. And then I'm headed to uh, Durham versus Charlotte for the uh, the IL opener, the uh, defending IL champs, Durham Bulls. Going to see Chiway Hu and then who uh, and uh, Christian Arroyo, Jake Bowers, and Willie Adames. It's kind of uh, the old gangs back together in Durham and. And in Charlotte, uh, there's some there's some relievers that I hope to see because they throw hard because. Uh, not the best Charlotte roster at the start of the season, but... Uh, and speaking of sh- uh, hard throwers, uh, tomorrow I will be in Greensboro uh, to see Tyler Kolek and see what he looks like yeah. after a while away for Tommy John surgery and other issues. So we're going to take your questions, so get them in there on the Facebook Live and we will gladly answer those. But I have a question for Josh to start off because we also just... We're a little tan here because we just got back from spring oh, training. I'm always tan, but... Uh, not that, that long ago. And Josh went to Florida. I went to Arizona. And with that, I want to ask you, so who stood out? I mean, obviously, you saw a lot of players. But who was the guy that you came back going, I have to share what I saw about what I saw from who? Well, there's this... Acuna, and it's not Chiwe who in your case. There's this Acuna guy. I mean, he's, Yeah, he's pretty good. He's of note. I got to see him on the field um, with Glaber Torres the same day. So that was pretty cool. And he Acuna, I think, had two or three hits that day. But still, the most popular video I took of him was a flyout. The open swing that looked like, you know, it looked like it went about 700 feet. And I will tell you, I intentionally parked farther away in the Yankee Stadium parking lot than I usually do because he could put one there. He, he didn't, but he could have. Um, 
that was a really good day. And then you, before I left, made me see, made me make sure to see Nate Pearson, which is a tough thing to do when you're saying, okay, you need to see a certain picture in a certain day span when you don't know where it's going to be. It was be. well worth the effort. It though. was well worth the effort. Uh, my last day there, I made sure to fly out at 10 p.m. so I could actually get a game. Um, and Nate Pearson started against uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates team, and boy, was he good. You know, up to 99 multiple times with his fastball, uh, one that knocked my camera off the backstop, which was very uh, stress-inducing. Stress that was about the low point of the outing. But he got swings and misses with what I would classify as five different pitches, slider, fastball, curveball, change, and then a fastball at a lower velocity, 93-94, that, you know, cut like the devil, and he got swings on that, too. He said he wasn't doing it intentionally, but it was working. It worked. <laughs> and uh, he, he, um, if, I'm going to be hard-pressed to see a better arm this year. Worth noting, uh, if you look at our top 100, we rolled out a new top 100 for opening day. If you check that out, um, the one player that we did bump up for a non... Uh, a lot of guys moved up because we did move some guys down for, uh, for medical reasons, for health reasons. But one guy who moved up just because we know more than we knew at the time uh, was we, we'd heard good things about Nate Pearson's secondary stuff and how it keeps getting better. Yeah. Josh saw that in person, and uh, so Nate Pearson uh, has moved up some on the top 100. And then they skipped him over low A, so he doesn't have to deal with the cold of Lansing. Yep. He'll have to stay home in Dunedin where A, it's warmer, and B, he lives. So he gets to have uh, home cooking every night with his mom and, and parents and all that good stuff. So uh, he'll, he'll be really fun to watch if you're in the Florida State League. I'll get a, guys, a couple of guys that stood out to me from Arizona, but we do want to answer some questions first. And... So Joe Thompson Jr. says, uh, go Winston-Salem. Uh, so he's rooting for... Please uh, phrase that in the form of a question. He's rooting that for the dash. Uh, Evan uh, Pozos uh, asks, hello from Motor City. When do you see the Padres calling up Tatis? Well, he's going to double A to start the season, mm -hmm. which is not surprising. He finished the year at double A, but didn't have a whole lot of time in double A. Um, I would say, again, you, not that guys can't go from double A, but uh, I would say a promotion to triple A at some point this year not surprising at all. And then it really comes down to if he sets the world on fire this year, a late season call-up's not out of the question. But at the same time, the Padres are a rebuilding team that is making steps, taking strides. There is no need to put Fernando Tatis on their 40-man yet. So that would work against him because they're starting... It's not as crowded as it's going to get in a couple of years, but they're starting to have a more crowded 40-man. Something working against him being called up at some point this year, even if with a good season is, unless they're way better than everyone expects, you're talking about starting a uh, service time clock early, and you're talking about taking a 40-man roster spot as opposed to someone who you may need to protect. Yeah, so, and Freddie Galvis is not going to be a, a roadblock for that. Right. But he's a good stopgap. But he is a very good stopgap. Uh, Eric Simmons asks, will Nathan Kirby get called the big leagues this year? No. And he will not. The good news is, is Nathan Kirby's back on the mound. You know? Yeah, I mean, I did get to see him twice last year in Instructs, and it was less than encouraging. Um, he didn't look good at all, but he was you know, off of several injuries. So I'm very interested to see what he looks like on Saturday, although it's going to pour, so probably Sunday. But that, he'll be a really interesting one to see. You know, he, The last memory of him is the last out of the World Series that they won, and... Uh, in instructs, and it's two different pitchers. Uh, Ron Liebask, I heard Ron Lacuna is due up on the 13th. Is there any truth to that? I haven't actually checked the exact day, but uh, 
about that we'll put around the time but that's around the time where all of a sudden you get seven years of control not six yeah something like that and so yes i mean expect ronald Cunha is coming to uh durham, durham. next week and uh we will look forward to saying farewell to ronald Cunha prospect before long he'll be ronald Cunha big leaguer before the, and after that he'll be ronald Cunha superstar so so that's coming uh very soon um and then uh, also, uh, uh, Ron Labas Tatis is a shortstop. The Padres have another shortstop, Urias. Uh, when they both get called up, they move one to third. No, Luis Urias is a second baseman primarily who can play a little bit of shortstop, not the other way around. The clear path for this is eventually your middle infield of Urias and Tatis at short. Tatis, big dude, may eventually move to third base, eventually. I don't see there being any need for that anytime soon, though. Uh, but no, Luis Urias is not a shortstop roadblock for Fernando Tatis. No. But, but they're both going to be very good. But the fact that he's been able to play a, a very legit passable shortstop is a very useful uh, thing for Luis Urias. But he's a second baseman. He's primarily always been a second baseman, and, and that continues. Uh, speaking of second baseman, Doug Dazinger asks, uh, apologize, Dazinger or Dazinger, uh, Nick Senzel is the best hitter to come through Pensacola, always had quality at-bats. When and where will the Reds put him in the MLB lineup? Do you want to take that or I will? I, I just saw Senzel. That's, that's yours. I just saw Senzel uh, in spring training, uh, and he's playing second base. He's going to play second base pretty much every day in AAA Louisville this year. The, uh, the re-upping uh, uh, Suarez for a long-term deal kind of makes him your Reds third baseman long-term. And they don't think that Senzel is an everyday shortstop, not that he may not be able to play it in a, for a game or two or whatever here or there, but their, their plan is, is to make him second baseman. Obviously, right now they have Scooter Jeanette, uh, who had a great season last year. Scooter Jeanette has to prove that last season's great season was not a uh, uh, one-time uh, event. That was buoyed by a four home run game, which does help your mm -hmm. uh, your season. Helps your home run total. Yes, it does. It does. So, uh, but Senzel right now, and I, I don't think there's really any question that Senzel should be able to handle second base. Uh, he is an excellent defensive third baseman. The only thing at second base is, is he has a very accurate arm. You lose a little bit of of the value of that at second compared to uh, to third, but at the same time. The bat is what's going to get him there before too long, and that will work very well. At, uh, this is uh, an interesting one. Scott Greenwald asks, who's your most over or underrated prospect? I said, you. So hmm. while you think about that, I'll have underrated for me is a guy who is rightfully underrated. He has not made it to the States yet to play in any games. But I'm going to go with uh, Alexander Canario, the outfielder for the Giants, who I'm a big, big fan of. I think that we will... Be hearing a lot of him in a few years. Was in the DSL last year. Tools-wise, I do think he is the he is right there with Elliot Ramos for the toolsiest player in the Giants system. Um, but at the same time, again, long, long way away. So he's underrated for a reason, which is is that very few people have ever seen him play. But that's one that stands out to me for underrated. Do you have anyone well, that jumps up to you? You were gonna you were gonna say. I was gonna take Ramos from you because I don't. I know he's a top 100 guy, but I don't hear nearly as much ink as I, uh, as I should. But you reminded me of a guy, Brian Mata of the Red Sox. Yes, you are definitely a Brian Mata fan. Yeah, 18 year olds who can bump 93, 94 with two average-ish or better off-speed pitches. I'll take those. Um, bigger body guy's not gonna project a lot, but he's an easy delivery, slow, syrupy delivery that 
kind of makes me think that he's going to be able to command the zone with those three pitches. And in the games that I got to see him, he carved. Um, I hate to say guy overrated because, again, we're the one. I mean, yeah, we're the Raiders. They're, they're, we're the Raiders. So, look, I, I mean, there's no way to do that where you don't say, I'm either saying that these other rankings are bad or I'm essentially. But I will say a guy who we rank lower now than we did when he signed, um, who I just saw. Uh, I think you know where I'm going on this. Uh, I don't. Angels, uh, Angels, now Angels, former Braves uh, shortstop Kevin Maiton. Oh. The, the real big thing with Kevin Maiton is, is he's got, you know, right now, uh, just saw him in spring training, and the body right now is not that of a shortstop. And ideally you would, uh, some of his value that he's always had is tied to him being a uh, up-the-middle player. And right now he looks like more of a corner. I had, I've had scouts suggest that maybe he, in, he could be someone, if he wanted to, who could end up a catcher. Maybe he ends up in the outfield. But, but if you are still going off of what we wrote about him when he signed, this is the tough thing about writing about 16-year-olds. Uh, when he signed at 16, there was some concern that he may eventually have to move off the position, but there was also a lot of thought that maybe he would be able to stay there long-term. And right now, there's a lot less belief that he'll be able to stay up the middle. Um, he's an extended spring right now. I, I think that's probably a, a good spot for him as he, you know, works on, on kind of losing some, you know, really kind of getting the body shaped up a little better. But the reality of it is, is that right now, if you are thinking of him as a future shortstop, Levon Soto, who they also uh, signed, uh, is a better shortstop, uh, and they'll be about at the same level. So. Uh, another guy that signed from the Braves who was declared a free agent. I just think right now, Maiton, you're, you're probably, it's unlikely that he stays at shortstop. So I would say that that is a, an, a, an additional information. I don't want to call it an overrating, but an additional information that we have compared to when we were ranking this guy a couple years ago. You know, a guy that jumps out to me um, is Adam Hazley with the Phillies. And as soon as he got into pro ball and we had scout friends who got to look at him, one of them texted me and kind of said, you know, this is their first round pick. Really? What jumps out about him? And, you know, that's a valid question. He, and, but you, you wanted to chalk it up a little bit to, uh, you know, it was a long season. He pitched and pitched hit, in and hit, hit yeah. with Virginia. Um, it was a funny story. So I was talking about him and Moniak on the backfield. And I brought up that pitch hit question with Otani and, and uh, uh, McKay. And I guess Moniak didn't know he had pitched where he looked at it, you pitched? And started laughing. Paisley <laughs> uh, was a, yeah, I mean, he pitched in the ACC and was a uh, key dude doing that. But when I saw him, I mean, the swing was concerning. It looked like he was in between swing Right, changes. you're hoping that he's working through adjustments. I mean, the reality of it is, is I, I don't disagree that right now you want to see more from Hazley than we've seen. I mean, it's a very small sample in pro right. ball. But, but the other thing is, is he did have he did have a pretty significant track record at uh, at Virginia. So the hope is, is that he's making adjustments. But so far, I mean, again, you know, there's and they're jumping him over Lakewood more or less. I mean, he got 18 games there last year, but they're not sending him back. So good, good questions, good answers. Thank you uh, guys for the questions. Um, Chris Crown asks, what are your thoughts on Ryan Vallade of the Rockies, top 50, 75 prospect at the end of the year? Uh, thanks for the question, Chris. I wrote up uh, Ryan in the draft. You know, I, I do think I, I think it's going to be hard for him to get top 50, 75 this year. Uh, next year, maybe, but the reality of it is it's just kind of from where he's coming. 
he plays in a, a system where they have some really good offensive parks, and so it's going to have to be a pretty monster season to move in the top 50 right now because he's going to, if he has a great season, we do hope he does. If he does, which does kind of reinforce that the guy can hit, which was always the uh, scouting report on him as an amateur, but there's going to be a little bit of question of, okay, so how much of that is Asheville-induced, which, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, a, yeah. good, a good place to hit. Yeah, it's the Cal League and the South Atlantic League. Right. So, so that, I think next year, if he keeps it up two years in a row, that's going to be kind of more, of, more likely. When you say top 50 to 75. Now, I can definitely see him cracking the 100 a year from now with a great year, but it's going to be, I'd say, more of the 100 than the, uh, the 50 to 75. Did promise you guys I was going to touch on uh, Arizona. Um, funny thing is, is when you do get a reminder at the big league level of how spring training means nothing, I saw Shoyo Otani uh, on the backfields throwing a scrimmage. He was 91 to 92. He touched some threes, fours, and a couple of fives. He walked five of the first 10, 12 batters he faced. Two innings against Angels minor leaguers that had to be rolled because he couldn't get out of the inning, first inning and second inning. So what we're saying here is he can play baseball and he can play possum right. real well. I, and anything you saw from that would have been like, and thankfully did not write anything saying this guy's way over his head or anything like that. Just posted the reality, you know, the tweeting of here's what's happening in this game. And... Uh, <laughs> Man, he's been a lot better than that in the uh, first I mean, week of the season. I'll admit, I could not have had my eyebrow raised any higher on Shohei Otani simply because, and again, it's one week, but I did not think it was in the realm of possibility for a player to come over here and be a number one, two type starter and, a, let's use another word, cromulent DH. And he's definitely been more than cromulent. Right. Granted, it's three a long games. season, three games. He's not worn down at all yet. No. But. It and, is. It is a. Uh, and that first start, minus the first, the second inning, was pretty impressive. I mean, absolutely. You, I don't care who you are. You do leave a hanger out there. Matt Chapman will put it in the seats for you. But at the same time, Corey Kluber, one of the best pitchers yeah. in the world, did that, and Shohei Otani put it in the seats too. Yeah, it was. You know, it was funny. They showed the graphic yesterday. Or they showed the, the at bat yesterday. And I think first six pitches, he threw the same pitch six times, the same just two mm-hmm. seamer, two seamer, two seamer. And eventually, Shohei was like, "Okay, but that's all you're going to show me. I'm going to take it oppo." Uh, John Urkela, one of our uh, frequent questioners, asked, could you tell us a bit about Alec Baum and Bren Spillane and their current draft prospects? Um, JJ, you're the draft guy? Yes, I will take this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Alec Baum definitely is moving up in the first round. Uh, part of that is, is he's having a great year. Part of that is, is because everyone always looks for college bats, and he's a college bat who plays a premium position who's producing. And so that's a, uh, that's a great combo. Uh, Brent Spillane's fascinating. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. No one has had a better season as a hitter so far in college baseball. Uh, the Illinois first baseman has, last I checked, was hitting like 490, was leading the league in home, leading the league, leading the country in home runs, uh, walking at an insane rate. The season's exceptional. To be completely straightforward, we are in the process of talking to a lot of scouts to try to find the answer of, just how good of draft prospect is he? Um, we actually plan to have a feature on him in the not too distant future. Uh, Michael and Anna for us is actually on his way to go see uh, Bren play this weekend and we'll have a feature on him soon. But the answer right now is, is that great seasons by bat first, notice I said college hitters are loved. 
college hitters who play a premium defensive positions. College hitters who play, who don't provide a whole lot of defensive value are treated very, very skeptically. One of the reasons I say that is, is to give an example, look at Brent Rooker, who's headed straight to double A this year, gonna go to Chattanooga, hit 18 homers in a half season of pro ball last year, had the best season of anyone as a hitter last year in college baseball in the SEC. And Brent Rooker was a supplemental first round pick. Why? Because he didn't have defensive value. Um, to go even further, uh, look at what Jake Adams did last year at Iowa. Jake Adams had a monster season. I think it was 29 home runs. Did a little bit of everything at the plate. Drew walks, hit for power. Big guy, first baseman. And he had to wait to hear his name called a lot. Lang I'm not remembering exact round the Astros took him, but it was, it was not a first day pick. So what we're trying to figure out with Bren is, okay, is the bat special enough that he's that rare bat first college player who can still go on the first day? Or is it more likely that he's a second day pick? That's what we're trying to figure out. And so wish I had a better answer for you, but I wanted to be completely transparent with it because when we were putting together our top 100, 200, and even 300 before the season, he was not a player who was going to be on it. But now he has definitely moved his way onto that. We've seen that with a couple of guys. You know, we see the uh, with the NC State slugger as Kinnaman. well. Kinnaman. Brett Kinnaman has also done that. Um, there are a couple of guys doing that right now. So we have to wrap this up because... Some of us want to beat traffic. Uh, he's going to Zebulon, needs to beat traffic, and I need to go to Durham and... Uh, Six o'clock start for me. So, oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So we got to get out of here. But we do thank you for uh, for watching on Facebook Live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we thank you for the download. And we do want to remind you, as always, that today's podcast and Facebook Live was sponsored by Baseballism. Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball and enter the code BASHIP, that's B-A-S-H-I-P, to save 20%. For Josh, I'm JJ. We thank you and so long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.